0: joining hunkering down with Peter Schorsch now, is one of uh, the top lobbyists in Florida. I think he's also a black belt. If I remember Facebook, I know there's a lot of that going on. Um, Jeff Johnston, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. I I wish I could accept that introduction, but I'm not quite a black belt yet, but I do train jujitsu as much as I possibly can.
0: You know to anybody who isn't training in jujitsu jujitsu you are a black belt like yes it, we're, we are, it, are intimidated at
1: that I point. i can appreciate that if pe- when people know that i do that sometimes i come in with my face marked up and they're wondering what the heck they think i belong to some secret fight club and that's <laughs> just because i'm i'm either getting strangled or, or strangling somebody every other night
0: uh, when did you start with that
1: I've been doing jujitsu about seven years now, and okay. uh, I fell in love with it immediately. And it's become my my go-to, my stress reliever. Uh, you kind of you you get a little addicted to it, and I, and I try to do it as much as I can.
0: Is jujitsu the one where it reverses the other person's uh, attacks, or is that is that a keto or which one is that?
1: So jujitsu is a, it's a combination of standing self-defense, but it's it's a ground fighting system and it was okay. designed, it was designed for a smaller, weaker person to be able to really handle anybody by taking them to the ground and taking away all of their advantages. And then it's it's a submission type of uh, self-defense where you either get somebody in a choke. And they can tap out or they can go unconscious or a joint lock of some sort where they need to tap out or they're going to they're going to lose an arm or a limb.
0: I'm just thinking about it right now. Have you ever seen the movie Red Belt? I have not. Okay, Uh, I don't know if you're a movie fan, uh, but it is an incredible movie by the director, David Mamet, who did. He wrote um, Wag the Dog, uh, Off of uh one of our best playwrights and he i for whatever reason a, a, about seven eight years ago i believe he maybe a little bit longer he took up um i think he took up mixed martial arts and so this is a a movie about mixed martial arts but it's much different than any i mean this there's no karate kid bullshit in it it's it is a very serious practitioner and the honor that he goes that he has for it but it's um like any david mamet Play. It's a uh, it's a story about human drama and one thing. Uh, it's just a serious, It's it's as serious and um, I don't know. It's it's just such a, a perfect. There's just incredible dialogue as there is in all of his movies. If you if you enjoy film, you'll enjoy uh, a red belt. Um, I, I would check it out.
1: I will definitely check that out. Thank you for the
0: recommendation. Um. I don't know what I just did but I just gave you my screen um, okay so this podcast I think is gonna pivot in a couple of directions we're not hunkering down as much anymore and um, so I, I don't know if I'm gonna change the name of this podcast to to you know getting back out into the sunlight or what it's gonna be um, some people are still hunkering down and there still is a risk you know I think people are still going to be inside a little bit, so I don't know which way we're going to go, but we're also, the next few podcasts are going to be really uh, wrapping up one of the, the few cultural phenomenons that we've had over the last three months, and that is the documentary about Michael Jordan's last season in the NBA, The Last Dance, which I've talked about a little bit before, but I found it to be just a staggering piece of work, 10 episodes, brutally honest from even though michael jordan was in charge of the production it was still very honest about many of his downfalls uh or shortcomings that he may that he may or may not have um but and so i put out a word i just wanted to talk to people that are in the political process because and i haven't got this completely synthesized yet i probably want to hear what everybody else says i think there's a lot to be learned from it from a political standpoint and leadership and i think that there is a a bad blog post in the future for me like 10 rules of politics i learned from last stand uh, and I, I i don't know if i'll get to that what did you think of uh, of that documentary
1: well, first and foremost, I loved it as well. I, I was in big anticipation for it to for it to come about, and then I and I was glued to it. Um, I I I feel like I was like an '80s basketball baby. Um, I grew up on on Larry Bird and 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 Magic Johnson, and then obviously this young this young guy we were I was following him when he was at North Carolina. Heard a lot about him. Um, and then obviously he went to the 1984 Olympic trials, uh, where the best of the best were trying out and he was the cream of the crop there. And then I heard he was even beating up on a lot of the NBA players at the time. So I was looking forward to his NBA career. And for me, he, he never disappointed. He always put on a show. Uh, he'd enter the dunk contest. He'd win the dunk contest. He won every NBA finals. He was, he was just special. He was different than any player I had seen. Um, I, 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 you know, we can have arguments about who's the goat. I don't think that's, and it, it is very tough to, to talk about different errors. That is the one, um, the one player, the one sport that I can, I can honestly debate that he is the goat and, and, and there really shouldn't be much of a, a debate about it. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, like you, there was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, real moments in it. There was, um, you know, there was, people did get real in it and, uh. You know, uh, you could tell that some of the players maybe didn't like his style and uh, and his leadership style probably wasn't for everybody, but you cannot dispute um, it was successful.
0: So I'm gonna fire back and say, I agree completely on the on the well, and I, I think it's the big cult the big sports debate right now, which is, you know, is LeBron better than Michael Jordan? That seems to be the debate everyone wants to have right now. Um, and I don't even think it's close. Um, I think six rings versus three is, is just, you know, obviously it's twice as much, but I, I think it's just the idea that he had two peaks um, and was able to, you know, be as explosive as he was in 91. And then as I, as I'm listening to other people's analysis hit and, and Michael's analysis the the mental strength that he went through in 97 90, 96 97 to win those titles 98 um and when you look at that team there's a point there there's you know that last game that he plays against utah and everybody who's listening to this podcast knows i'm a huge utah fan huge john stockton fan but <clears throat> there is i mean michael jordan doesn't have anything on that team i mean Scottie pippen Huge back problems in that series. Couldn't even function. Uh, Dennis Rodman is basically checked out. Jordan himself is, you know, goes through the the flu or the pizza uh, poisoning, whatever you want to say. And yet he somehow wills himself to win. And I just thought, I guess I have a greater appreciation now for him than I did 25 years ago. Which, you know, I, I... I wasn't even a huge MJ fan. I was a Lakers, Utah fan. So I never really liked him as much. But now I I, I kind of regret not, you know, marveling at his greatness more. And I think that this has done a whole lot for his legacy. I also think, again, the one thing you could say about LeBron is that I think the NBA is just such an incredible sport right now. It is, I mean, the, the level of play where the eighth team is, you know could beat uh, any of the past champions. Um, it's, it's pretty like a team like James Harden's Houston Rockets is as good as anything you would drop into, um, you know, I don't know, maybe 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It's just a, it's, it's amazing to watch that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think for me when I, and, and you know, you get biased, right? Cause that was my era and, and today's, players you know are not really my error. but you know the game has changed and the rules have changed, right? So this is a scoring league now. You can see what the scores are. They're much higher than what the NBA Finals used to be back when Jordan played. but they, they changed some of the rules. you know you used to be able to hand check and now you can't do that. So it's designed. they opened up the game to allow more scoring for excitement. So so that's that you know these guys score a lot more and, and then the NBA players back then will tell you if Jordan was playing today in his prime, He'd be averaging 45, 46 points um, because of the way it's set up to score. So I think that's something that's got to be taken into consideration. And I think back then, um, while now you have amazing players, it's a little bit more individual than it was a team. I mean, back then, when you talk about the Boston Celtics, that's team basketball. The, The Lakers, that's team basketball, even the Utah Jazz you know, uh, and I'm glad that you're a Stockton fan because he's a smaller guard like I used to play. So I I like him as well, but, and and coming from a small school, but, you know, that's a team game. That's pick and roll. That's, you know, it's playing, you know, kind of a little bit old school basketball where today's athlete, I mean, they are, they're so athletic, but it's a little bit more one-on-one and individual.
0: Yeah. You know, the Stockton thing, there was a great article in the Washington Post. He was probably... He was probably shortchanged the most by that documentary. I mean, other people were made fun of, you know, Gary Payton um, or, or dismissed, I should say, Gary Payton, etc. Yeah. You know, I loved Stockton's attitude about the documentary. He said to the filmmakers, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not interested in a puff piece about Michael Jordan. Right. And um, but with that, you know, Jordan being such a mental warrior, I would have liked to have seen him acknowledge John Stockton's. You know mental warrior acuity um you know that this was a guy you know and it's why i liked him you know if you're a five foot nine basketball player you know you're you are not going to you know you don't look anything like scotty pippen you know john stockton right. is who your body type was and so right uh, that's why i i loved you know john stockton is there um is there like right so you can't go and do the last dance again tomorrow like I I know they've got some big documentaries coming out and I I do kind of I'm I'm interested in the McGuire Sammy Sosa um, documentary if they do that right because that was such a huge cultural phenomenon at the time and it ended up you know turning out to be you know a bust in a lot of ways is there anybody you can think of who's an athlete of the last 30 something year 25 years that you think you could do a ten part documentary or even a five part or, you know, more than one episode documentary uh, that would draw your interest that same way.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Some of the ones that come to mind actually, you know, would not be probably as uh, as a positive piece as, as Jordan's was. Uh, and, and actually, ESPN already did one on O.J. Simpson, which I don't know if you saw yeah. that, but that was I thought it was well done as well. And that was a multi part series. Um, And I think they have some ESPN 30s on 30s coming up. Lance Armstrong could be one. He was, you know, it's definitely it's not favorable for Lance at the end of the day and, you know, in the end of the story. But that's I mean, you're talking about a guy who, you know, uh, seven time, you know, champion, um, you know, and then and then the backstory to the whole thing and getting in depth. um, And I saw a documentary on him called. it's something about like stop at nothing or something along those lines. I mean, it's it's a fascinating story the way he he actually cheated and and really what a bad guy he was to be honest with you. Um, but uh, it's it's tough. You have to have those the, that really you know, the really I've seen Muhammad Ali specials. He's always good. You know, they could probably do something on Mike Tyson. He was a force for many years.
0: Yeah, that's
1: true. Mike um, So there's some people out there, but sometimes some of them um, the stories are. You know maybe not the the fairy tale stories
0: it's also I was looking at a list I think Kendall Baker uh, who writes axios sports if anybody wants to follow somebody he does the emails like I do sunburn uh, but it's just about sports and it's a it's it's a really good product and he did like the top I don't know top fifty documentaries and I noticed so many of them were in individual competitions um, and because it's just I think it lends itself to you're only dealing with one personality and it's harder to I don't know to do a documentary about the the 85 bears and not write I mean you got to cover you know 20 personalities on that one and so oh, right. while we like to watch team sports the documentaries seem to be uh, about uh, you know the guy the great mountain climber the great um, uh formula one racer um who do you like right
1: now? Who do you uh what kind of sports you follow? Um, well I'm a UFC fan, obviously, because of the jujitsu, so I will yeah. watch I will watch UFC. Um uh I will watch I, I like pro football. I like college football. Um I don't really watch the NBA anymore. Really since Jordan got out of the game, I, I'll follow college basketball, which I think is always it's still a great sport. Um so so those are the things I probably watch the most. I'll watch a i will watch you know I, I listen, I grew up playing tennis, so I'll always keep an eye on tennis. Um, and then um, you know I'll watch I'll watch some good golf if it's on um, I get a little bit more intrigued when Tiger woods is playing I'll be honest with you but um, but I'll watch a little bit of golf
0: what do you think um, and this is something like I was trying to point out to Michelle um, with the last dance I loved how much Michael Jordan hung on to his uh, rivalries um, and that he still hates Isaiah I mean, this is you know, and it wasn't just Isaiah. It was everything, and it wasn't it wasn't just competition. It wasn't about that. I get like wanting to have competition with somebody. It was you know, no slight too small. Uh, You know, George Carl didn't you know say hi to him as he was walking out of a restaurant, and I totally identified with that because I'm such a petulant person that I was just like. Oh, that that son of a bitch said about what about me on Twitter? Well, yes. that's it. I'm going to. And so I just I just I love that he hung on to that. What did you see? Uh, did you see any parallels to politics in, in, in that documentary uh, with Jordan uh, on leadership or anything like that?
1: Well, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that's probably was my biggest takeaway from the whole entire thing. Listen, I, I there was really only a couple things I learned new. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know the details of the shoe deal. Um, I didn't know um, a couple of the things that came out. I didn't know it was it was maybe food poisoning versus the flu. So there's a couple things I learned that I didn't know. But. But the part, of course, I never knew is I knew he was the ultimate competitor, right? I knew he was the it was the most competitive person, probably that that maybe has played professional sports. What I didn't know is how he fueled himself, how he would get himself up for a game. And and like you said, you you gave all the examples. He would use anything that he could. and And you're thinking a guy who's won so much already, who has the fame and the fortune and he would lose that edge. He never lost the edge. He was able to continue to fuel himself, which I find that to be uh, really, really that was kind of the secret sauce that was really pulling back the curtain of how he did it and how what made him tick. And yeah, it, and you saw how hard he was on guys and everything else. So that was that was the most fun for me to see. That was really the behind the, the scenes curtain of of how Michael Jordan really thought and and how he reacted. So. You know, when you think about leadership or you think about things, I mean, I, if you're a competitive person, I think it's OK to find those things that are continue. They're going to get you up in the morning. They're going to make you maybe do better, be better at what you do. So um, those were some takeaways for me. And I, and I would imagine that people that are on the top of their game in anything um, can always find that to be able to reach down and find that fuel.
0: Alright, so let's connect it now to politics. You are uh, what do you what's the sports metaphor for where you're at right now? Are you um, <laughs> are you, I mean, are you like, you're like the free agent that signed with the new team now that really wants to, you know win your own title. You're Kevin Durant right? I mean you were part of a, a championship level team with uh, at uh, Corcoran and Johnson yeah. now it's, you know uh, your own shop uh with Amanda Stewart um but you're you know I guess does that make her Kyrie Irving um (laughs) you're now you're kind of Kevin Durant out there I mean and it's not that you're you know it's not a zero sum game uh like basketball where there's only one champion at the end of the day but it is a competitive you know industry so where do you see yourself right now and what you're trying to accomplish
1: that's a great question and yeah it's an ultra competitive business there's no doubt about it and there's so many good people in this business uh the you know the competition is fierce for a reason um there's just great great people in this business great lobbyists they're very good at what they do some have been doing it for a long time and 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 they're just they're just the, the top of the top so um at the end of the day um i'm i've always been competitive i'll always be competitive um, you know, I want to be I want to be always be considered in that conversation. So um, it, it, it drives you to tr- always try to get there and, and get better and be better. But at the end of the day, um, I think if, if that's if, if, if I have really lofty goals, I think um, we'll land in a, in, a, in a very good spot. Um, I'm blessed to have a, a great partner in this who shares the same thoughts and, and, and ideas. So um, I think we're going to be just fine.
0: I um, it was I was connecting a, a high-profile client. They needed lobbying help uh, on an issue, um, and I think uh, like the maybe the top two or three firms were uh, booked out or conflicted out, and so they need they like who should we go to? And so I gave them some recommendations based on their very unique needs. And, and kind of let it go from there and let them, you know, let them talk with these uh, firms. And these are firms that are probably in the, you know, the, the number 11 to 25 earnings rankings. That doesn't mean that they're the eleventh to 25 uh, best firm. That just means that that's where they're on in, the, in, the, in how much compensation. And that number doesn't matter as much because you could have two people or a smaller firm, uh, but be making as much as an, a firm with eight people and, you know, do the math on that. Right. So this that that was these people, and so the client came back to me, and they they were genuinely impressed with the three recommendations I gave them, and they, they just couldn't believe how capable these people were. And I kind of said to them, "I'm like, you know, lobbying in Tallahassee, in Florida, is a lot like the NFL. Everybody is running a four I mean, it is just, you know, there is." You know it's not like college sports where there's going to be a gap between you know the first player and the 53rd player on the field every the the number 14 firm that's going to be an ex-lawmaker with you know uh, a guy who was a staff policy director for eight years who you know they're donating out 400,000 a year in contributions and they really know health care policy and it's just like and so they ended up going with um with two choices but it was I just remember that about how impressed these people were who didn't have a buy, didn't know any of these, just how strong, um, you know, the, the middle tier, so to speak was. And I'm like, there just really isn't, it's just a matter of, there's only so many clients to go around. And so, you know, once at t goes with somebody, then Verizon's got to go with somebody and everything like that. And so again, it's not as, it's not a zero sum, um, Per se, I mean, yes, you win and lose on issues, but it is it is so highly competitive. I think that's why I enjoy covering it in a lot of ways. Is they're just you know they're it, the the competition. Even right now, the competition is fierce. Like I got every person I'm talking to that's in the industry. You know, you and I talked about it just for a second before we came on this. They're working harder than they've ever worked.
1: Yeah. 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 And great analogy, uh, Peter, saying everybody runs a four um, four. I agree with you. Um, yes, there's firms in the top five in the top 10 that make a lot of money. And, and there's no doubt about it. They're awesome. Um, but, yeah, you can go to the top 20 to the top 30. I mean, it's deep. And, you know, it's it's it, Listen, we're a very large state. But um, yeah, you're right. I mean, you could go down and go way. You can scroll way down in your rolodex, and you're gonna just, you're just gonna, without even trying, you're gonna hit just a superb lobbyist. So the competition. And that's, and I think it's great. And I I think, I think it's, it's good for everybody. And it raises, it raises the industry, and it raises the standards, and it raises the credibility. So I think it's great.
0: So tell me about working with Amanda. Um, You know, she, uh, you've worked with her for years, but now you guys have your name on the masthead. Um, how is that
1: going? Uh, it's, it's, it's going great. Uh, I think, you know, I'd love to hear her perspective one day, but, um, listen, we get along very well. Um, obviously she probably, um, keeps me in line. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more excitable than, than maybe she is. So that's, that's a good, it's a good combination, but, um, I've always admired. I admired her before I, we worked together um, when she was an aide in the process. I just thought she handled herself in such a professional, classy way. Um, I'm proud that she's uh, in the position that she is today. Um, you know, this is this is this is a man's business. I mean, it, it just is. Maybe it's still a man's world, but our business in particular. It's, it, it's a man's world. It's still a little bit of a boys club and there's no doubt about it. And we have some really, really talented women that are in this industry and I, and I see more of them becoming partners and more of them taking on those roles, which I, I think is great. So um, I am lucky uh, because I think I'm, I'm a handful. So I'm lucky that um, she's willing to do this with me and um, it, it, it could not be better
0: it is it it is unfortunately a man's world i say that as somebody who's raising a, a you know a seven-year-old woman or seven-year-old girl that into a, a woman that it's um, uh, it's changing very quickly though i will say you know i i as somebody who follows the florida lobbying industry the class of people that's in that cohort like younger than me so you know in that 27 to 40 range you know, it's women that are dominant in that class. It's the the women that are going to become the uh, senior partners, um, I think, you know, five years from now, if not sooner. So it's going to be I, I politics, you know, we're still going to need a couple more. We're, we're going to need our first woman to be a House Speaker. We need a few more. It'll be great. when Kathleen Pasadomo is Senate president, because I think that that encourages more and more women to run. Um, but I, I think that that is—it's not that it's changing. Um, I think that it's evolving where it needs to be. It's going to take another—it's going to take another generation for it to filter out. Um, but it's—it's it's going to be there. Let me ask you my standard questions on the hunkering down part, um, just to get that in. What? When did coronavirus get real for you?
1: Yeah. So uh, that's a good question. So, uh, you know, listen, when we're in Tallahassee, you know, um, we really get immersed in our own little world up there and and we're trying to finish session and and, and everything else. But I had a couple things going on at the same time. My dad was was really ill at that at that time. But also I have a um, my oldest daughter, Juliana, is a senior in high school and they, you know, for, I don't know, six months had planned their senior cruise. Um, and it so I get home um, on that Saturday.
0: Wait and, a second, hold on. Do yeah. seniors take cruises now? That's that's, they, what, that's I one. Of the, oh. I know. I know. I I believe me. I've had these conversations. I got a day over at Adventure Island. That was my senior <laughs> trip. What, <laughs> what do you mean, seniors take cruises now?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I got a couple of cards that said congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yes. So they had this plan, and she and and this is something that she helped plan, and she's been. I mean. She was over the moon excited about it so we had to i had to quickly get home and we had to make a family decision because it was really on the cusp there you know do you go do you not go and we you know we had to say juliana i I just don't think it's you should do this you know and she she of course didn't want to hear that so had to deal with that but also then quickly go into um my dad who was not doing well you know and starting to worry about not only taking care of him um, because he was in, in, in really bad shape, but also starting to think about, um, you know, COVID-19 and, and, and affecting him while he's, you know, uh, going through what he was going through. So uh, really, really right. The, the, the day that I got back from Session is probably when it really hit me the hardest. And, and, and then I forgot about Session. It was full on uh, COVID-19.
0: Um, what was your last, well, let me ask, how's your dad now?
1: Uh, unfortunately he passed away about three weeks ago, Peter. Um, it was uh, a
0: great question for the, (laughs) yeah, yeah, Um,
1: it's, it's, it's okay. He passed away about three weeks ago. Um, cancer got him. He had a great life. He was 81 years old. Um, and, and and unlike this Sinatra song, my dad always did things his way. And I feel like he went out his way. And, um, so it, you know, tough time, obviously, because, you know, of all that's going on in the world. Um it's never a good time obviously to lose somebody but a uh, tough time. But the family is rallied together and every you know, and we're good.
0: I'm going to be assembling a, a compilation of awkward moments when I ask stupid no, questions no, on no the podcast. Problem.
1: No works. How's
0: your dad doing? Uh, yeah. well I'm sorry about that. That's uh That's okay. Did you get to like, what is it like with the like? Did you get to say goodbye in person and everything like that with the like lockdown and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I I spent. Uh, I mean, my whole family did. We spent as much time with him as we possibly could, and and I was really being careful about what I was doing at that time only because you know I I, I didn't want to you know exacerbate the problem. So, um, but yeah, got to spend plenty of time. I mean, a, a lot of time with them. Um, and, and some good quality time with him um, before he passed. So it it it, it, it all worked out um, okay. for the best. Good.
0: Good. Um, what was your last normal day like? I mean, especially if this was if that was kind of filtering in. It, it's been a tough year and session started early. So um, what do you remember what your last normal day was like?
1: Oh, normal day. Um, it, it, it had to be. It's sometime during that last week or two of session was I'm sure one of those days just felt normal. Just, you know, work in and session and, and, and getting things done. Um, but like I said, we all the whole world changed pretty quickly. So uh, we didn't have much time after that, but it had to be sometime in the last week or two of session.
0: I think we all kind of, you know, we all bitched and complained about, oh, I got to go to another fundraiser at the governor's club, <laughs> or I gotta, and it's like all you want to do is see, you know, Randy Fine's face right now with the <laughs> and, and give him a check or what or see so, you know, the people that are, you know, running for re-election or something like that, because it's like, you know, we lamented all that, and it, I don't so know that we get to go so back true. to that
1: now. But yeah. I mean, it's so true that, that when things get, ta- you know, it's one thing if you make a conscious decision not to do something, but when things are taken away from you and you're not allowed to make that decision, that's when it really hurts. So yeah. I, I agree. And, and you're right. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, I'd like to think that we're going to get back to normalcy, but I think it's going to be a, a, a while.
0: Um, all right. We ask each of our guests if they have a couple of recommendations. People are not going to be hungry down as much, but I have a feeling... Um, I don't know you know a lot of people are still they, they've they've changed their their habits now maybe they are you're going to see a lot more people working from home and that kind of thing so is there anything that you're reading or watching um or downloading or playing that you feel is uh worth sharing um
1: you know obviously just finished the last dance i'd recommend that to anybody as far as uh, something um nothing really else that i'm watching um, I'm now on a third book of his series. It's called Savage Sun. I think it's on the New York bestsellers list. And the only reason why I really got involved in, in, in the first book is because it's a dear friend of mine who happens to be in the process as well. He's a um, he's a, a government affairs person for a pharmaceutical company. He actually co-wrote the book. Oh wow! Uh, the, the original book. The original book is Terminal List. The second book is True Believer. The third list is Savage Sun. And which is now a new a New York Times bestseller. And I think they just announced that Chris Pratt is going to play the lead character in some form of a TV series. So very exciting. I actually uh, have ah. an acknowledgement. I got an acknowledgement in the second book because, uh, it's about a Navy SEAL, and and I won't get in, I won't, t- I won't spoil it for you. But it's a fictional book, but it's a, about a Navy SEAL. And in the second book, uh, Keith allowed me to do some writing on a, a fight scene, Jitsu fight scene and it's so like oh, wow! Knowledge bit in the second book. So now I'm on the on the third and final book. Say the name one more time. Uh, the first the first book is called The Terminal List. Okay. The second book was True Believer, and the third book is Savage Sun.
0: Got it. Okay. I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah.
1: Yep. It's, it's by Jack Carr, which is the, the name that they used.
0: Wow. That's that. Now, see, that is probably the coolest recommendation that we have had. You know, it started out, first episodes, everybody was into Tiger King. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm have to talk about Tiger King one more time. But it just had such a Florida angle to it. Everybody was watching it. Um, but this has got to be the best recommendation we've had. Um, yeah,
1: it's very very exciting. Keith Wood, who's a who's a government affairs person for uh, in in our industry, he uh, he was the you know uh, co-author on on all three books. And like I said, now we're going to be able to see it on the screen, so that's pretty exciting.
0: All right, I um, I want to see you soon. Um, you know, maybe um, maybe things will get back to at least a little bit of normal. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like July Fourth is going to be. That's going to be one hell of an Independence Day party. I think everything, I think Humpty Dumpty may be back together again by then in terms of, like, everybody being able to get out and not be too afraid and things like that. So I hope to see you soon. Best of luck to you and Amanda in going to be, what is it, year two of your new firm. um, And uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. Okay, man. Awesome.